It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan Chris Colwell. Welcome to the finishing move, the dark matches. Uh, this is Road Dog Adam Gillespie, and uh, we're continuing the conversation we just wrapped up on Atlanta Sports X, the finishing move. Uh, I am still with my tag team partner here, Chris Colwell. Um, it's Royal Rumble weekend. We talked about it a big a lot on the show uh, live tonight. So let's just continue some Royal Rumble discussion. Uh, as I've said before, the Royal Rumble is one of my favorite pay-per-views. I just enjoyed the match itself. Uh, there's a lot of creativity a lot of times, in my opinion, that goes into the match, whether it's the way Shawn Michaels or Kofi Kingston don't allow both feet to uh, touch the ground, right. or even the finishes sometimes where um, Shawn Michaels went over the rope but didn't touch the ground. Only and, one and, foot if Shawn and, Michaels touched the yeah, floor. and British Bulldog, I thought he'd won, yeah. but so Shawn came back in and eliminated uh-huh. him. Or, or the year that uh, Bret Hart and Lex Luger went over at the same time and all four feet hit the ground at the same exactly. time. So you had dual winners of the Royal Rumble. And it's just a kickoff to WrestleMania season. Ever since they kind of instilled the rule of the winner gets a shot at the ch- a champion of their choice, uh, you know, it just really kicks off the WrestleMania season, in my opinion. So I've always enjoyed it. I mean, is this one of the pay-per-views of the of the 12 or 14 we get a year that you enjoy? Oh, for sure. It's. Uh, I mean, I would argue it's maybe number two behind WrestleMania, other than a SummerSlam. It just depends on the year whether I really enjoy Survivor Series or not. But Royal Rumble is always great. I've always loved the anticipation, whatever it is, a minute and a half, a minute, two minutes. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. The build to, all right, who's, who's coming next? out next? Yeah, and, the count, the, and the crowd counting down with the ten, clock. Nine, yeah. Eight, yeah, and then the buzzer, then you get the music. Now here, I debated with somebody years ago about this. Whether you know, you go way back with watching WWF programming. You remember in the early days of the Royal Rumble, they did not play the entrance music for the guys. They just kind of ran out. There wasn't music, and you got the crowd reaction as they saw, "Oh, hey, that's the guy I know." There's Hulk Hogan. There's Macho Man Randy Savage. There's Tito Santana. I mean, whoever. And then they started. I'm not sure which year. Maybe ninety three, ninety four ish is when they started playing the entrance music. And there was kind of a debate I had with this uh, an old coworker about whether it was better before the music or after the music. Well, what do you follow? Oh, that? it's better with the music. I, I think all of wrestling is better with the music. Absolutely. Uh, theme music. Some theme music, in my opinion, this could. I mean, we could go on a whole show one day about theme music. Oh. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's I. Some of it is just iconic, and yeah. when you hear yep. the first couple notes of that song, you know exactly who it is, and mm-hmm. sometimes it gets your butt out of the seat. I mean. Growing up as a kid, the, the one that comes to mind, and I'm a huge Hogan fan, so obviously that one, but, I mean, when you heard that Ultimate Warrior uh, <laughs> song, <laughs> yep. you know, hit, I mean, I mean, the crowd would just pop so big and so loud. I mean, uh, Real American, obviously, with uh, the, the glass breaking of Stone Cold Steve mm-hmm. Austin, um, the NWO music. I mean, sure. there's just so many iconic theme songs, and when you start to hear that, that really you know, sets the mood right away, whether you're cheering for that person or you're booing for them as because it's a heel coming out. Sure, no, I mean, the, the the thunder of the beginning of Triple H's song when the game's getting ready to play, it's unmistakable music, and it really adds a lot. I think, honestly, Adam, we have now probably gone ahead and planned a future podcast episode for you and I. Maybe Big John will want to get on this. I'm huge on wrestling theme music. 
I there's some music there's some wrestling themes that I would rather listen to than actual music. I mean, there's some good quality stuff out there, but so I'm that's a dork, we can do but I, uh, and maybe you're in the same boat then. But I mean, I li- I have wrestling theme music on my I do too uh, phone or uh, my mm-hmm. iPod, or you know whatever you want. You play I mean, Daniel Bryan's theme song, the the Flight of the Valk- Valkyries, the rock version that he comes out to, was my ringtone for a long time on my phone. So yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely. Uh, so, a theme I mean, nerd. I love I love theme music. Uh, Jim uh-huh. Johnson was. Uh, was amazing with what he did uh, in the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. and through the 2000s up until a couple years ago. Even Jimmy Hart had a big hand right. in a lot of theme music, and and he really wrote some of the, a lot of the iconic ones as well. Uh, I was listening to uh, something to wrestle with mm-hmm. uh, recently, the podcast with Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson, and they did a whole uh, podcast on uh, a bio one on Jimmy Hart, and they talked about some of the theme music that he mm-hmm. did, and uh, we have really got way off topic here, but it's this is okay. what we do. This is what we do but, on the uh, show. And uh, <laughs> but uh, and they were just naming some of the ones that he helped or had a hand in writing, and it's amazing. Now, he uh, has a very big musical background, sure. because those who don't know, and they talk about this on the uh, podcast as well, and again, that's something to wrestle with. A great podcast uh, with Bruce Pritchard, brother slash brother love. We had him on a guest here on the show, um, I believe uh, the first year we were here. But anyways, um, and he had uh, he was with a group called the Gentries mm-hmm. uh, out of Memphis. They had I, I, if it wasn't a number one, it was like a top ten hit. Uh, when I went to uh, Daytona Beach and got to watch SmackDown with Jimmy Hart and uh, got to talk to him throughout yeah. the and you know he was in we were in his tiki bar. Uh, watching SmackDown, I mean, he has a corner where it's all that Gentry stuff, and it's re- it was re- he doesn't have it any longer. Apparently, he sold it. I found that out on that podcast. Oh as no! Well. But uh, uh, I mean, it's amazing what he did and his sure. is behind the scenes. Um, him and Jim Johnson with those theme songs were right. Well, and the I, most uh, probably the most iconic song that sh- uh, that uh, Jimmy Hart was a big factor in writing was Shawn Michaels Heartbreak, "Sexy yeah. Boy." Yeah, I mean that was. That was all Jimmy, mostly Jimmy Hart there. I think uh, J.J. McGuire was the other guy that was that's credited with that. But I mean, song played forever. You hear the the the, th- the, the woman, drum yeah, being the, the woman screaming. Yell. I mean, as soon as you hear that, you, you know Shawn, it's Shawn Michaels. Or and the same with even DX later on when you talk about Shawn. I mean, anyway. All right, we're gonna get back to the Rumble. That's oh, yeah, gonna be a Rumble. whole different show another time. <laughs> Coming to a podcast about, uh, app near you. I mean, but that but theme music I think really is uh, is a conversation. Stay tuned for the future, so. folks. All right, so let me. T- uh, Let's talk about. We just talked about uh, some of our or some memories of the Royal Rumble. Give me some of your favorite. Uh, give me one or two of your favorite memories from the Royal Rumble past. Because we just both said this was one of our favorite shows. Uh, I'll start and give you a little moment since I just sprung this on you. One uh, memory I have of the Royal Rumble that I I love. I thought it was creative. Uh, I and I was I'm a mark for this guy Mick Foley. In uh, the year that he came out to the Rumble three times as all three personas, Mankind, Dude Love, and Cactus Jack. I don't, maybe, I, I, I don't know. I just love that. I thought it was really fun because we were in that time where, where he was using all three personas. Uh, um, you never, sometimes you would have a Dude Love match. You'd have the Mankind match. And then, then Cactus Jack really got it on with Triple H in those days. So, for some reason, I just really loved that idea of him coming out and getting in the Royal Rumble three times. 
and it really gave credit to the three different personalities in my mind. Uh, for some reason, that one was always one that stuck with me, and I loved that, those moments, I guess, uh, and that year's Royal Rumble. Well, I know it'll always be a fond one in my heart because it's the first one I ever actually watched live on pay-per-view, the 2003 Royal Rumble, the one Lesnar won en route to beating Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. That was a fun a fun rumble itself, but not necessarily one that has a lot of standout memories. It's just fun because it was my first. But, you know, I think of the O2 Rumble when you had the, uh, you know, we're always, I, th- I think, you know, the nostalgia can be used really well, especially in this kind of a match. You know, sometimes we debate. I know you and John debate all the time about whether the old timers should come back or not. The Rumble is a perfect place oh, for I love a nostalgic that. return. I love it. And the O2 Rumble featured the return of Mr. Perfect, Goldust, The Godfather, and Val Venus all in that match. Plus, Big Boss Man had just come back in recent weeks, so it was almost a very nostalgic feel to that Rumble. Now, did you say you were at this Rumble? Because it was in Atlanta. No, that one I was not at. No, I watched on pay-per-view was the O3 one. I I wanted to go to the O2 one, but it didn't quite work out. But um, that was a good memory. Uh, And I think of... You know what? I'm going to save that one for what were the topic we're going to get into in a minute. You got okay. another memory? Yeah, I. Um, it's it's interesting when you look at the Rumble. It uh, it's been in Atlanta twice. I ha- didn't make it to either one in 2010 mm-hmm. and then 2000. I should have been at the one in two, 10. That one. Uh, both of them at Phillips Arena. Uh, but you know, it's it's uh, one of the memories I have. Another one. I mean, when you go back in the day, was Ric Flair uh-huh. just winning it from beginning to end? Uh, you know. Sure. Uh, and then and that one, and I think it's the only time that one was for the actual championship. So he won the championship. The one in 16 where Roman Reigns defended oh, yeah, the right, title. That's, that's right. the only other one that has happened in. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. I tried to you block tried to Roman block that. Reigns well, yeah, he lost the title mind. that night. So you yeah, well, is Sheamus cashed in? No, that no, was that was that Triple was, H won um, the Rumble. That was. Um, Oh, Survivor Series when he Survivor did that. Series. We yeah, were that there. was here in Atlanta. Yeah, you yeah, and I I'm were both at so that show. so much stuff mixed up. But yeah, yeah, I remember <laughs> that. Now. You're right, you're right. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. But when you look back at the history of it, I mean, the first two winners of it were Jim Duggan. Would you ever have guessed Jim Duggan would have been the first? I mean, we know that now, but sure. Hacksaw Jim Duggan being the first of the I mean, when uh, you World think Rumble. of what the Rumble is meant to be and has been since they instituted the uh, the number you get in the title shot at WrestleMania, you wouldn't think, oh, Jim Duggan got a title shot. I mean, you got to remember what the Rumble was. Well, then. it wasn't always like that. It yeah. was an experimental show, a special they did. It was actually not even on pay per view, the very first Royal Rumble. It was on USA Network, and it was WWE's answer to the NWA and, and Jim Crockett promotions, both predecessor to WCW, doing a pay per view live that night. They went counter up against them, and that was what, how we got the Rumble. It was only 20 men in the Rumble. And it wasn't, you didn't really feature any major names in that match at all. Now, the next year, first time it was on pay-per-view, you started to see that. But again, that one had a surprise winner, too, in 89. Big John Studd? Yeah, which that was kind of a, hey, man, thanks for all you've done for us. And, and it's kind of that little victory lap for him. It's weird when you look at the list of winners. Now, I know this came very much later in his career, but if you were going to give somebody, hey, uh, thanks for what you've done, wouldn't have Andre the Giant have been the idea... Uh, maybe he wasn't able to do really compete at that point, uh, but you would have thought he would have been the go-to Royal Rumble winner. Well, yeah, at some no, point. a great year for him to have done it would have been '89 would have been a good one. But they were further in a storyline there with him and Jake Roberts. That's how he got eliminated. But even the next year, but of course, at some point in there, you had to give Hulk Hogan well, he won a the Rumble next two. win. 
Oh, you get just out of here. had you're to give awful. Hulk Hogan a Rumble win. You're, you're talking in the mid 90 91. I mean, we're in the middle of Hulkamania, and if <laughs> yeah, you were a Hulkamania I, fan, you're un-American. I don't hate the fact that he won two Rumbles, especially back then when it wasn't for a title shot. That was, I mean, otherwise, well, I think the the 91, he was actually the champion at the time when he won yes, the he Rumble. So. Well, in 88, when it was on USA, it wasn't even, the Rumble wasn't even the main event. No. <laughs> Well, they also, that's kind of, that's that era like with Saturday Night's main event where the show aired later, like around 10 o'clock. So they typically put the real main event on first or at least middle of the show because by the time you got to the end of the show, it was like midnight and nobody was watching anymore. So that's kind of why they did that. 2011, we had 40 Ben in the Royal Rumble. Uh, and then, of course, that led to a match here in Atlanta where uh-huh. we had our one and only WrestleMania. Yep. Alberto Del Rio was the winner of that Rumble. I. What did you think about 40 Men in the Rumble? You know, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't care either way. Uh, you, if you're just adding ten more people to it, I didn't think it made it worse. I mean, it obviously made it a longer match, but personally, you know, I didn't didn't have a preference. I I think I I enjoyed it, but they did have to really pretty much everybody that was on the roster, Yoshi Tatsu included, is <laughs> a random. Oh name yeah, they really had to it. dig deep. But it also, and they kind of ran into this problem years later, where you're trying to feature some major talent. You don't have a whole lot of room for those big nostalgic returns. Having 10 extra spots to fill really lets you pepper in a lot of old talent that you bring back for a shot for this. I actually kind of like the idea of the 40-man Royal Rumble. I'm not sure why. I know they don't do it now because you've got the Women's Royal Rumble. You just Nobody wants to watch a 40-man uh, Royal Rumble followed by a 30-woman Royal Rumble. It's just too much Rumble at that well, point. But. Well, we, it, well, we have normally what we get is a 30. Right. One time we've had the 40, and mm-hmm. then we had a 50 over in Saudi Arabia oh, with the greatest grief. Royal Rumble. So if you didn't like 40, you probably didn't really didn't like 50. <laughs> you didn't like 50 at all. Thank goodness that <laughs> wasn't an actual Royal Rumble pay-per-view. But you know what? You're talking about good memories from the match. I know, I think you and I debated back then whether or not Del Rio was a good pick to win the Royal Rumble, but I love the finish of that one because he eliminates, I think, Randy Orton, thinks he's won the match, but Santino Morella had not actually been eliminated, was laying on the outside. Nobody knew it. He runs back in the ring. This is kind of the height of his popularity. No, he wasn't a main event guy, but it was almost like that what-the-heck underdog kind of storyline playing out. And he just about eliminated Alberto Del Rio to win the thing himself. I love the finish to that one. Is there anybody who you would say, kind of like my Andre uh, the Giant analogy, you're kind of surprised hasn't won the Royal Rumble? Hmm. Um, I mean, when you look back over the list of winners, uh, you know, a lot of people, what they love to build up on TV is the big guys. Well, how are you going to get the big guys over the rope? How Who's going to be able to pick up the big show and put them over the rope? Right. Really, uh, if you look at the list of winners, there's really only one, I want to say, big guy as, as far as weight uh, that really won it, and that was Yokozuna, who right. won it uh, 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 many, many years 1993. ago. 1993. The first one go. that was for the title shot. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, that usually, as much as they want to build it up, that really doesn't tend to ever help anybody. Well, it's because look, we've seen the storyline play out every year where if, like, Big Joe gets in the ring and it's just him and it's a bunch of smaller guys, what do they all do? They gang up on the big guy and get him out. It's like common sense at this point now with the booking. But, you know, the Rumble is a match of endurance, especially if you're – you know, entering at like 15 or earlier. So the big guys, unless they get that prime spot late in the Rumble, 
It doesn't make sense that Andre the Giant's going to enter at number three and have the energy to go 60 minutes to win the thing. He's just not going to have the juice to do it. I can tell you, though, when you say that, the guy, I wouldn't now, right now is not the time for him to do it, but back in his prime would have been, and I'm surprised he really didn't. Why, how did Kane never win a Royal Rumble? I just don't. Yeah, he doesn't. He hold the records for most elimination, he or he did at one Until point. Roman Reigns took it. Yeah. Uh, so, and he may be involved uh, this Sunday. If you, uh, believe I think some he's actually. I think he's confirmed. Or, is he? Uh, he may not be confirmed on the website, but I think he all but is confirmed. Now. Yeah. So, so maybe he'll get some more eliminations on Sunday. Um, but uh, yeah, I just don't know if he was ever put in that spot. Did he ever main event a, a WrestleMania? Oh no, no, no. In no. his heyday, that's what that would have led to, right? And so I don't think they ever really wanted. Well, to Well, and that you were talking about the him. Attitude Era when they could have easily. Oh, Kane won the Rumble, but you find a way out of it. Vince McMahon won the Royal Rumble in '99. He didn't main event WrestleMania. It was a storyline device. They kind of did that. Look at the year that. There's another kind of those fond memory kind of things. The the finish. The Rock and the Big Show in the finals of the 2000 Royal Rumble, where they kind of play off that Shawn Michaels one foot touching the ground. So Rock goes technically goes over the rope first, but the referee declares the Big Show fell over second. He actually hit the ground. Rock's only one foot supposedly hit, but then they had video later on that showed that the Rock actually did touch first. So it led to a, a, a number one contenders match. Big Show wins. Then you end up with that crazy fatal four way that year, but. I mean, just create. Like you mentioned creativity in the finishes and throughout the matches. That is definitely one that that definitely stands out. Is there any winner that just has kind of? I mean, you mentioned Alberto Del Rio possibly being or someone who we might not have, who we might have disagreed on ever winning. Uh, obviously, if you take Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and maybe Big John Studd out of the running, uh, and then you start with those Hulk Hogan back to back on. Uh, is there someone that you thought really? I mean, I wasn't a big. <laughs> You're looking back at it now, I know it was for just for storyline purposes, but I'm looking that Vince McMahon won a Royal Rumble kind of like just irks me, especially when Stone Cold went on to to main event WrestleMania anyway. I mean, I think that you probably could have found a way to have Vince still, you know, have you still had the cage match afterwards where Stone Cold won the title shot. You could have still done that with Vince challenging him. I mean, there's a lot of different. A lot of different guys that, or a lot of different uh, scenarios you could have played out there, but I don't know. There's not you look. There's a lot of really good winners in the history. Now, maybe not necessarily that particular year that they won the Rumble, but I mean, I, th- I think you and I disagreed on it at the time. I actually liked the Del Rio win because they were pushing him. He had been uh, getting the big push on SmackDown around the time of the 2011 Rumble, and it just made sense. You you want to elevate him, you elevate him. How did you elevate people in the back in the day? Austin won a Rumble. He went on to beat Shawn Michaels, become champion for the first time. It was the way to— Well, his stock was pretty high It was. Already. No, I agree with that, but it's That's much— That's just how they got to Yokozuna the Yokozuna wins the Royal Rumble, goes on to win the title, only to have it stolen five minutes later by your boy Hulk Hogan. That's beside the point. We should do that again. <laughs> uh, you know, the one that kind of sticks out as a sore thumb, and, and I do like him, uh, but when you look at the list of winners, it just kind of doesn't really— add up and I maybe they were trying to give him a push at the time or they were trying to give him a push at the time um, but they've kind of backed off but Nakamura I mean his name I do like Nakamura and I think he brings a certain aspect to his matches that are fun and different and uh, you know that Japanese hard style that they strong like to, style strong style that they like to call it um, but uh, you know his name kind of sticks out to me when you uh, along with Del Rio's 
um, when you look at this list of winners. Even Sheamus kind of sticks out to me. Well, no, see, here's the thing. with Del, You look at Sheamus and Del Rio. What did they both do? They both went on to win. Del Rio didn't win the world title at WrestleMania, but he went on to be a multi-time world champion in WWE. He became well, he so wasn't did. necessarily a huge main event guy, level guy, but he was a main event level guy at a certain point. Sheamus got the big push early on. This was kind of his babyface run, the big babyface run that he had. He went on to beat Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight title. So there was at least a world title heritage there. Shinsuke, I loved the win at the time. I thought the idea of an AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match at WrestleMania, having seen their previous matches in New Japan, was going to be incredible. Not only did that match disappoint, their whole feud disappointed, and arguably Shinsuke Nakamura has been nothing but a big disappointment on the main roster. Well, I mean, the whole feud between the two ended up being nothing but Nakamura giving nut shots to AJ Styles. So it's almost like... Which, as um, we discussed earlier, you know, if you give a guy nut shot all the time, that basically devalues that person like Brock Lesnar did to Ricochet. <laughs> well, I mean, that's become the way to beat Brock Lesnar, if you ask Seth Rollins. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, worked and, for, and worked for Undertaker, too. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, so I don't know. It's uh, it's it's interesting when you look. I, I've enjoyed the Royal Rumble, just looking back over it uh, over the years. Uh, but let's talk about something else that happens during the Royal Rumble is, you know, even in this one, I think we only know 20 of the 30 participants, and sometimes there are legends. You talked about Mr. Perfect coming out the one year and uh, Big Boss Man, and I know Jake the Snake has come out and Diesel. Uh, there was a list compiled uh, that uh, was given to us by our, our third member of our tag team, Big John, of WWE. Is there any truth to the rumor he's preparing right now for the Royal Rumble be. match? Is he in He's Houston? training. Is he he maybe. Of top pops for entrance Ooh. into the Royal Rumble. And a lot of these are nostalgia guys maybe coming back. Mm-hmm. And some of these are debuts uh, for guys who started. And, and the one debut on here is probably the one that really got me. Uh, but in uh, the one, uh, so they've got 10 of them. We'll go down starting at 10. In 2017, the uh, Goldbergs run, uh, his second run there. Uh, nine, Roddy Piper uh, in 2018. Number eight, Rod Van Dam. I hope that was in 2018. 2008. Hot Rod wasn't with us anymore. 2008. Uh, Rod Van Dam in 2009. Uh, Diesel in 2011. Uh, Triple H in 2016. Number five was uh, tri- and the only no. There's another lady on the list. Trish Stratus in 2018. Uh, now we've only had two women's matches, uh, so we'll see if we get some more. Maybe Trish. Uh, we'll see. Is she retired? Right. I think basically after the match with Charlotte, that was supposed to. be That the was last supposed match. to be. But that don't mean she's done. But this done. is uh, wrestling. If they so. ever do another Evolution pay per view, she'll probably end up wrestling on that because they just need people. They need people. Uh, number four, Bubba Ray Dudley in 2015. Get the tables. Uh, number three, the other lady on the list, uh, Becky, or the man, I guess I should say. Right. Uh, Becky yep. Lynch uh, last year, who uh, went on to win, correct? Yes, she uh, did. And number two, AJ Styles in 2016. That was his debut in the, or I guess re-debut in the WWE. Well, no, that was his debut. But had, he had been... In the WWE for a cup of coffee way he, back when. He had had a few dark matches and matches so. on heat. That's it. He was never officially part of the company. Well, he had, okay. I'm not going to 
argue with you. He about was it. never under contract okay, with WWE. Okay, but he had matches on WWE. Well, so did Daniel Bryan years before he was ever actually he in had WWE. Matches on WWE. All right, and number one, John Cena in 2008. According to this list, I would never put John Cena on the top <laughs> of any list that I oh, had. Oh boy, uh, here we go. But, uh, AJ Styles, that was a big one for me. Uh, I'm a fan. He's from Gainesville. I live in Gainesville. He's a Georgia fan. I'm a Georgia fan. I'm rooting for the homeboy. Are you trying to claim your bit. best friends with them now? Oh, since you we're, live na- in we're neighbors. I go over yeah. there and watch a Raw and SmackDown with them regularly. Hey, do y'all coach ball together with your kids? Uh, are, do you, are any of these top tens that they oh, compiled uh, speak to you? For me, as a Rumble fan and of those goosebump return moments, the number one on that list, the number one that you mentioned, the very last one, gave me incredible goosebumps. When John Cena, now you got to remember the context of when he came out in 2008. He got injured late in 07, had torn like a peck or something, something in his arm. He was supposed to miss WrestleMania. He wasn't supposed to be back until closer to SummerSlam the next year. So the idea that, A, he would even be in the Rumble match, even be close to being able to compete, was insane. The shock value, we'd already counted him out. He was not going to come out. He was not considered. One of the best surprises they ever pulled on us was the night that night when he came out at Madison Square Garden. Nobody expected him to come out at number 30. Insane goosebumps. And again, this is when John Cena was getting those back at that point when the, really the worst of his mixed reactions and the worst of his heat before the Let's Go Cena, Cena Sucks chance really started. But still, he was getting hate from a lot of folks, including my broadcast partner here. But look, that was incredible. And I've always been a Cena fan, and that was really... Really kind of gave me goosebumps seeing him come out that night. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a good list. I For you, obviously, you're in agreement with John Cena on number one. I like the I, age. I'm with you on AJ Styles, too. That was a great moment. And I, we all, I think we all knew it was coming mm-hmm. because the rumor mill had been really yeah. cranked up that he was going to make his debut. But when his his theme song hit and he came out, uh, uh, it was it made it popped in uh, in the crowd. Oh, yeah. I know. And, I, and it popped at my house. Well, I think of two. Uh, we're talking about returns that not, not even make the list, but Edge in 2010 stuck out because that was his return from his torn Achilles injury. He went on to win it too. Chris Jericho had a surprise entrance in like 13, I think. He was like the number two entrant after Dolph Ziggler. Nobody saw that one coming. There was no rumors at all about him coming back. That was a pretty good pop, but I mean, there's been several of them. I mean, I'm sure Austin had some huge ones back in the day too that I'm just kind of forgetting. But Well, he just popped... You know, every time any, he walked, time he came yeah, out, he yeah. walked out, hit somebody with a punch in the face, walked to the back, yeah. huge pop. Yeah, so. So definitely. <laughs> well, and one, you know, we we talked about this actually in the email chain. Do you remember the return of the Dead Man storyline with Undertaker in two thousand four? He had been the American badass character for a while, but then he got buried alive and was getting ready to come back as the Dead Man mm-hmm. in the two thousand four Rumble. Kane's in the middle of the match. Choke slamming people left and right, and all of a sudden the the uh, clock gets to zero, and all of a sudden you hear, boom, the big gong hits. That was it. That was all we got. But the instantaneous pop that the crowd had just at that one thing, just the thought of Undertaker coming out was incredible. I thought that that really stood out to me. Yeah, I well, it's, that's another. A lot of people have probably forgotten about that. That's another thing that really hits a lot of uh, points that we've kind of touched on tonight. You want to talk about iconic theme music. Uh, when you hear that gong, I think that's known even outside of the world of wrestling. Absolutely. That when that gong hits, that yep. people know that that's the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's gonna. That's another one that he's gonna get a pop, uh, no matter what uh, the situation is. Even when he's wrestling, gonna be wrestling in at WrestleMania twenty thirty four, whoever his opponent is that year. 
and it's going to be, you know, it, it, yeah. And when he's in, you know, he uh, has one win in the uh, uh, Royal Rumble. I, I, that's another guy I thought could have had probably more wins. I'm surprised he hadn't won more. Um, and it was kind of funny that by the time he did win the Rumble, a lot of folks would argue, why is he winning it now? Isn't he past his prime now? Of course, we all we all didn't realize how much he had left in the tank at the time because he really hadn't seen those long list of quality matches that he was about to deliver with Batista and Edge and uh, CM Punk and Shawn Michaels and Triple H. We Nobody knew that was coming. All we had seen him wrestle was gimmick-style matches with some of the bigger guys. I think a lot of people were kind of like, well, Undertaker's here, and it's still good to see him, but it's not like... I know I'm going to get my money's worth off of watching an Undertaker match anymore. And boy, were we in for a surprise when he got his next title run off of that. That was actually a well done, you know, remember it came down to him and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels ended up still getting to go challenge John Cena at WrestleMania. I would have been cool with a Shawn Michaels win as well because he would have tied Austin for most Rumble wins. But seeing Undertaker finally get his due in the Rumble was, was good to see. Uh, speaking of the Royal Rumble, a topic you uh, you brought up was we were talking about off the air is years where somebody won who maybe the fans or you personally, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, or at least from my take with Alberto Del Rio, who you maybe you should have won or wanted someone else to win. Uh, I think we all can point to the <laughs> year uh, in 15 in, in yep. Philadelphia um, when uh, Roman Reigns won, and that was in the – you know, the peak of Daniel Bryan's uh, push from the fans, and they wanted Daniel Bryan to win. And even when The Rock came out to congratulate uh, Roman Reigns, the fans in Philadelphia, who have never been known to be not uh, to, to bite their tongue, let, uh, the, let the WWE Universe know they didn't want that result either. Uh, that's a definitely one. Is there another one that sticks out in your mind? Well, no, see... There was actually, you mentioned that one. That's definitely a good one. I think Roman Reigns was snake bit by the idea that Daniel Bryan just came back off his neck injury and the fans wanted to see him back at the top. But that one doesn't stand out as much as the year before stands out in my mind. 2014, the one when Dave Batista just came back and was being oh, yeah, earmarked definitely. for the... Also in Pennsylvania, but in Pittsburgh. Right. He was being basically groomed to be the challenger for Randy Orton at WrestleMania when... Nobody really wanted to see Batista and Randy Orton in a match, especially at WrestleMania in the main event in 2014. It wasn't 2004 or 5 or 6 anymore. Everybody, you're coming off of, I mean, the Yes Movement had basically began, I don't know, maybe the year, year and a half before that. But you could not argue at the end of 13 and going into 14 that the most popular wrestler in WWE was Daniel Bryan. There was no. The McMahons would argue that. Of course they would argue that as the authority. <laughs> no, not as the authority, but as the bookers. Well, yeah, they the were the poor, one booking it. Yeah, yeah. And why why they couldn't hear the fans, I, I have no idea. I mean, everybody looks at, you know, they basically, you kind of elevated Daniel Bryan the summer before to that, okay, he's going to be one of our top guy levels. When you had him cleanly beat John Cena at SummerSlam, only to begin the authority storyline by having Randy Orton cash in, and you go from there. They have a feud for a while. Randy Orton retains. Daniel Bryan gets screwed out of the title. They shift him off to the Wyatt family, who was red hot, just debuted. A phenomenal feud with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family going into the end of the year, early early in the year. Daniel Bryan actually joined, quote-unquote, joined the Wyatt family for a minute. And 
I think a lot of folks will look back and remember very fondly, and it's just it's a, a sight I will never forget. On Monday Night Raw, when Daniel Bryan turns on Bray Wyatt and leaves the Wyatt family, and it's, he traps him in the cage, beats him down, fans are going nuts. He climbs up on top of the cage and starts doing the yes chant, and literally every soul in that building was moving their arms up. It was the most incredible sight I've ever seen. And it looked pretty obvious, the fact that they, they kind of started that whole Daniel Bryan joined the Wyatt family thing shortly before that, so they kind of ended it quickly. And it made a lot of folks think, okay, they're going to go and finish off this Wyatt feud because Daniel Bryan's headed to WrestleMania to the challenge for the title because he's easily, I mean, come on. nobody's Nobody's been this popular in WWE in 10 years, 15 years. You haven't heard some reactions like this since Austin and Rock and you know, Triple H and the Attitude Every Days and I mean all this and yet you go to the Rumble, him and Bray Wyatt tear their house down in the opening match of the card. Not only does Daniel Bryan not win the Rumble match, he wasn't even in the Royal Rumble match, which led to poor Rey Mysterio when he got introduced at number 30 because again the fans are just waiting on Daniel Bryan to come out. Rey Mysterio gets booed out of the building like he's never been booed before because the fans realize Daniel Bryan's not coming out. They still eventually got to Daniel Bryan in the main event at WrestleMania, but I feel like that run for him deserved to have what so many other wrestlers who have won, who have got to that spot, went on to WrestleMania, won the title, got coronated as the guy. They all started with the Royal Rumble, and the fact that Daniel Bryan never got that opportunity to win it, you know, that bothered me there. But it was just it at the time it just did not make sense why you could not see clearly that Daniel Bryan was your guy because the fans, your audience, your clients, if you will, your you know clientele wanted that. That's what they wanted, and you did not give that to them. It just well, blew my mind. That it's, that's not the first. Uh, it won't no, be the last not. time that the fans have wanted something in the McMahon or Vince McMahon has decided that's not what he wants, so that's not what we get. Yeah, he's done it many times over. And, I mean, you look at the list of guys, and I'm thinking now of other people that you talked earlier about who didn't win a Royal Rumble. I think we talk about the 11 Royal Rumble, how Del Rio won. You know, a guy that could have won that one, who could have easily been the main event and would have been a much better option than what we got. Remember, we got John Cena versus The Miz in the main event of WrestleMania. Not a good match, very boring, just did not work. I think John Cena needed to, should have been in the main event. I have no problem with that, but I think his opponent should have been different. And you're talking about the January before the summer of Punk, before the pipe bomb. He was already getting good stock within the company. He was big time over as a heel. CM Punk winning the 40-man Royal Rumble, becoming going to challenge, and having John Cena win the belt off The Miz before WrestleMania would have been a much better option because your match would have been that much better. At WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. That is definitely, and I was looking at that, I was thinking that as well when we were kind of talking about it, and I was looking at the list of winners. But it now CM Punk was only, I, I mean, I'd really have to go back and do all the research. I don't know how many Royal Rumble matches he took part in um, before his career came to an end. Uh, I can't say that he was in it every year. Uh, he could have had matches outside of that. But, uh, so I, so I don't know. I mean, you're you're telling me six, so you you know for a fact that he was in six. The only two that Royal he was Rumbles. not participant in, in was uh, both years that he was champion when he was WWE champion. He defended the title in twelve, 
at the Rumble, and then he defended it against The Rock. Because he was still in that year-long title reign. He lost to The Rock the following Royal Rumble in the main event where The Rock regained the title. So yeah. those are the only two. That but definitely is a, is a, one of those big names that uh, doesn't have that by I mean, if you weren't going to give Daniel... Category. Right, and if you weren't going to give Daniel Bryan the 14 Rumble, CM Punk was the other option because he was babyface. He had the feud going with the... Uh, authority as well, and would have been a good option to finally give him the nod there to get his Rumble win and let him main event WrestleMania. He'd been begging for that, and shoot, as far as I'm concerned, he had earned it with the quality of matches that he'd done, but they kept, you know, you had back-to-back years, you had to have John Cena and The Rock in the main event, which I get that. And the fact that CM Punk could have had it right there in 2011 would have been his big crowning moment. But then again, would the pipe bomb have happened? Would he have still had all that ink spilled inside to cut that promo on everybody that we got that led to that magical run that he had there towards the end before he said, yeah, screw you, I'm done with this. All right, well, I think we've covered a pretty good amount of uh, Royal Rumble history and talk uh, tonight on the on the finishing move, the dark match. Um, Chiz. Is, but we've only had really, <laughs> well, we did get into theme music for a minute there. But uh, is there anything else before we wrap this up about the maybe this week's weekend's Royal Rumble or just Royal Rumble memories that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, let's just look ahead. I mean, we've definitely looked at a lot of the history here, but, you know, it, it should be, uh, you can always, I've only seen maybe one or two Rumbles that was not good. The Rumble is always entertaining. The year you mentioned the Roman Reigns win, that was one of the worst booked Rumbles ever because by the, if you remember the finish, it was Roman, Dean Ambrose, Kane, and Big Show. At a point where nobody cared about Kane and Big Show anymore. And just, Dean wasn't what he is today. No, he, he was popular. Or even, or even the the height of his Dean Ambrose right. run. Right. He was popular, but again, everybody wanted Daniel Bryan that year. And he was actually in that one, but just randomly got eliminated like midway through. And there was no like rhyme or reason to it. I always thought if you weren't going to have him win it, that's who Roman should have eliminated. Had it come down to those two, at least the crowd would have been into the finish. They could have cared less for that finish. But I know that we're going to get two really quality Rumble matches. They're always good. Very rarely do they not hit hit it out of the park. But I know you and I both, you know, we made our picks on the on the live show. You and I both think Roman uh, Reigns is going to win this Rumble. But who are some of the other guys when you look at potential candidates of somebody who could go to WrestleMania, who could be that next guy? Who else could you see winning it? Uh, well, somebody who I would like to see win it is who uh, Big John picked, Drew McIntyre. I think he's uh, he could uh, very well do very well under a good push. Uh, he has kind of shown that he has the ability in other, um, I don't know, federations, other <laughs> brands, sure. uh, that he can he can lead the charge mm-hmm. and uh, and fusion mostly is what I'm talking about there, uh, right? But um, impact. Yeah, and Impact as well. That yeah. was mainly Impact, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. so I, I would like to see Drew McIntyre, and I wanted to pick him, but I just think we're back into the season of Roman Reigns, and I think we're about to get a heavy dose. Drew would be a it. very good pick, and I would be all for that, but uh, another guy that kind of stands out that, I mean, we've just been kind of waiting for him to be crowned the, one of the guys in the company, and they pushed him strong so many times, but they seem to always back off because maybe they don't fully trust him, but... You know, if Roman Reigns ain't going to be the guy to face the Fiend, a Braun Strowman would be a great pick to go up against the Fiend. You get now, now the Fiend has to actually destroy the quote unquote monster among men. And you've got that Wyatt family history with Braun Strowman getting a start within the Wyatt family. 
I think that would be a good pick. Drew would be a good pick. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Otis. Otis, it, well, you know, maybe for Mandy Rose helps him out to win it, and there's a cake and I don't know, no that, but I mean, look, there, there's been some rumors of some folks that could be involved in the Rumble this year that isn't confirmed. They've denied it, but Edge, an Edge is who you're talking about. An Edge return, I was getting there. Um, an Edge return would be incredible. I would mark out like a madman if he actually is in this thing, and the idea that he could win it isn't that far-fetched you just would have to give him he's not going to face the fiend you'd have to get the belt theoretically off of brock lesnar because i don't think you're gonna put edge with his neck problems in there against a rough neck like brock lesnar not with brock lesnar doing no. german suplexes uh and i've been saying that we know 20 of our 30 participants we know 25 i'm sorry of, oh of the they 30, updated it uh participants uh so there's five spots open uh at least according to the, the most recent list that i have um, so I, I thought you were going to say Ricochet though, because I know you loved his promo on Raw and thought he's now going to be the next big thing. And uh, I never the once WWE said he was going to be the next big thing. Uh, only- let's, let's pay attention. To, we've just spent uh, a very long time talking about the men's Royal Rumble. Uh, the, yes. This will be our third women's Royal Rumble. Or oh, let me ask you this before we get to the women's Royal Rumble: the Royal Rumble is basically a spinoff the Battle Royal. Uh, which do you prefer, where all participants are in the ring and they all start out together, or do you like the drama of the come out every two minutes? I do like to see a good battle roll every so often, but I'm definitely more for the intrigue of build-up, the gauntlet-style way okay. that you do it. I yep, I agree. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Women's Royal sure. Rumble and give them a little bit of uh, props here. Uh, this will be our third one. We've had um, Asuka win, and mm-hmm. we've had Becky win. Mm-hmm. Now, we both made our picks on the show uh, earlier when we did the live version. I picked a returning, a surprise entrance of Ronda Rousey. You picked a surprise entrance of um, uh, uh, Shayna Blazer, and I can and Charlotte Flair Shana was Basler. picked. There you go. And Charlotte Flair was picked by um, Big John. What's our tag team so, partner's name? <laughs> so we don't. <laughs> now we only we know twenty five of the participants for the uh, men's. We really only know about five or six. Does that mean? Hold on, does that the mean women's. they're going to be the five other men's? Or are you just going to merge the rumbles this year? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're getting to I'm, that point yet. Impact's I know, already doing the I know intergender Tessa stuff. Blanchard would love to uh, probably to come out in the men's, um, but uh, <laughs> I don't. that would actually be crazy if Tessa Blanchard randomly showed up. Have you enjoyed uh, the women's Royal Rumble? Uh, if you don't enjoy the throwbacks, maybe you don't enjoy the women's as much. Well, they don't have a choice but to use throwbacks. I agree. There's not enough. I really was, you know, I was all for them doing a women's Royal Rumble. I really thought they would probably do like a 15 or 20 women Rumble, knowing your limits as to the size of your women's roster. But you're right; it allows them to. Use NXT superstars, use NXT UK superstars, and allows them to bring in some legends. And I don't necessarily mind that whatsoever. I've enjoyed both Rumble matches, and I mean, I really, I really love the idea of you know how Becky wrestled on the pay per view last year against Oscar, lost the title match, but then got to come back out, win the Rumble. She didn't go back after Oscar; she went after Ronda Rousey. That was a good finish. A lot of the crowd popped big for, her, enjoyed that. But speaking of Oscar. I thought she was the perfect winner for the very first one because she was still undefeated in the company at the time. You had that whole build-up, her versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. I still think, boy, oh boy, they dropped the ball on that one. How in the world you would just throw away, how what was it, 500-something days as undefeated in the company? Just gone like that. The majority the of that coming under the NXT umbrella, sure, of course. Sure, but you needed... 
the the women's division needed major superstars, and as far as I'm concerned, the only four that they really consistently pushed are all the four horsewomen. Bailey, well, I, Becky, and, and Sasha. And you and could argue Charlotte. Becky really didn't get the push until uh, maybe a year or so ago. When she when she became the man and yeah, really yeah. went after uh, um, Charlotte and, uh, and Bailey Rondo. didn't really get it either until this year. I mean, they tried it a couple years ago and it didn't really work. But uh, you know, they but that seems to be the go to. Well, like, Charlotte right. is their Hulk Hogan or their Ric sure. Flair, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Uh, kind of both. One a you combination wanna, of both. Yeah, whichever you want to. You know, uh, use she's going to beat her dad of. in title reigns. I, I, I think agree. So. She's I already agree. She probably will. She's already in the teens. Well, and she and this is what I I don't know. This is a whole other topic as well. But this is what I hate sometimes when they count these title rings that were like one day. Sure. And she's had those. And yeah. so has Sasha Banks, where she you know mm-hmm. it's only been a month or less. Yeah. Maybe not just one day for Sasha, mm-hmm. but she's a multi-time champion and she never really had any runs. Um, even even uh, even though I love this guy, Steve Austin has a uh, a title reign where he. Lost it on at um, to Kane in the first blood match, and then won it back the next night. Yep. So Kane had the championship for less than twenty four hours, but they count that as two title reigns for Austin. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, are you just trying to inflate numbers well, there? Well, or? and then there's uh, they did the thing where Edge was world heavyweight champion, and Vicky Guerrero had the vendetta against him. She stripped him of the title, gave it to Dolph Ziggler. And then Teddy Long comes back as the GM later in the night and gives it right back to Give Edge. To but they counted that as a Dolph Ziggler title reign. Yeah. He yeah. never defended the title. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some screwiness with the numbers. Again, we're talking about a scripted fake sport. So maybe but we, we should... take it seriously, man. <laughs> it's still real to me. But I, maybe we shouldn't take it as serious as we as we put it uh, under the microscope sometimes. Uh, anyways, I, I'm looking forward to this weekend. If you're a wrestling fan or if you're getting back into wrestling, I say watch Sunday night and, and watch Saturday night, too, with Worlds Collides. NXT consistently puts on a great show as well. Uh, so definitely start your weekend off with that and then continue it with the Royal Rumble. And like we've mentioned, I mean, this really kicks off uh, WrestleMania season because sure. at the end of the night, we'll know, we'll pretty much know two of the main events for right. WrestleMania. Uh, more times than not, and that's what it ends up being. Uh, you can pretty much tell which which winner of each rumble, what what championship they'll go after. They stick to their brands, especially these days. Well, unless you know, like unless it, they shock us and go well, after like the Intercontinental Champions, because you, you know get to what? choose that's the never happened before. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would. I mean, if Braun Strowman wins, does he cash in on Shinsuke Nakamura? Or hey, he, he could go say, "I want to go after the Tag Team Champions," and there. then get a guy out of the get a little kid out of the crowd again. And uh, win. But, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, Nicholas. His <laughs> tag team champion. Oh. If you want to make, by the way, just a shout out to another company out there. If you want to make this a whole, like, wrestling weekend, the NWA has their next pay-per-view on Friday night as well. It's actually going to be at the GPB building down here in Atlanta. It's sold out, but they're live on the Fight TV app. So watch that Friday. Watch Worlds Collide. Watch Rumble. Have a great wrestling weekend, yeah, man. And, I mean, if you start it Friday night, you know, you got SmackDown as well with the go-home show. Nobody's watching that. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Thursday with the live show of The Finishing Move. Hopefully, all three of us will be in attendance. Oh, actually, I will not be here next Thursday. Oh. As I am having a kidney stone removed to next Thursday. So, I doubt. Bless you, sir. I doubt that I will be here unless I really rack up the wins in our uh, competition. Then I'll call in to rub it in their faces. Uh, for, uh, for Chris Colwell, this is Adam Gillespie. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to The Finishing Move, The Dark Match is is